0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. Now look, Vegas may be closed, but MyBookie's Casino is open 24-7. They're also the home to the free $10,000 Blackjack Madness Tournament. Use the promo code SGP. Receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And we're also brought to you by Degen Madness. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. The games are streamed live with SGP commentary and betting lines from mybookie.ag. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest and enter your bracket before Thursday night at 6 Pacific time. Again, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest slash contest get in with a bracket you can bet on the game through my bookie it's d Madness football fans it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch
1: we're only interested in underdogs who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset time to find out It's 3-Dog Thursday.
0: Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, welcome back, in everybody, to the latest edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs, and normally we have lots and lots to discuss, Uh, We would have been coming off of the Final Four in college basketball with baseball starting up and hockey and basketball playoffs. We have none of that because of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 outbreak of 2020, we hope. We hope to be getting things back to normal soon. We need, we need after weeks of isolation and social distancing to get back to some normalcy when it's reasonable. And hopefully that will be the case in early May. And maybe we get back to sports even without fans, let's say later in May or in June. So we're anticipating all of that to be taking place. In the meantime, I'm here to keep you entertained, including with my special guest. We do know that an NFL draft is upcoming next week. A digital version, a video online version of the draft with everybody practicing isolation, social distancing. The teams won't be gathering together. It will not have tens of thousands of fans at a city, at a location with all the draft picks coming out on stage. No, instead it'll be more like a fantasy football draft, a souped-up online video conferencing version next week. We're here to talk some draft and much more uh, here on the program, including with our guests, uh, my handicapper, uh, MajorWager.com, and Vegas Insiders, Brian Edwards, will be here. He'll talk some draft and and some interesting draft propositions, some guys that are maybe uh, some underdogs to be first-round picks or top 15 picks. Uh, Brian's also got a lot of intel on this UFC uh, fight card that is coming up. When we left you on Three Dog Thursday last week, it looked like Dana White was going to be trying to fight this weekend uh, on a California island Uh, that is governed uh, by Native Americans, by American Indians, and so therefore could get through the loophole of having to have California's approval. Well, after we uh, recorded the podcast, that was shut down uh, by Disney, by the California government officials, so they shut things down. And now it looks like May will be the next target. Brian will talk more about this uh, UFC fight card from Dana White with the Ultimate Fighting Championships uh, and MMA Uh, here, as well as some NFL draft. And Brian will also look ahead again to the college football season with one team in particular that he really likes as a dark horse out of the ACC, including a potential Heisman-winning quarterback that he likes uh, out of the odds that have already been released. So Brian Edwards will be up straight ahead. Uh, Then a, a friend of mine that's in Atlanta has got a great cake business, and I want to talk to him about some Atlanta sports. Of course, the Final Four was supposed to be in Atlanta uh, but he, So, he's a big Atlanta sports fan. We'll talk about that, including the new Falcons uniforms that they've put out. I'll let him uh, talk about those. And then, when Monty Garside is here with me, we're going to talk about his online bakery and a great offer for Mother's Day. Stay tuned to get great cakes, great pound cake, uh, great cake bonds delivered, etc., uh, from his store, from ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. In Atlanta, ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. I'll be saying that site several times uh, throughout the show, throughout the interview with him. You'll want to order because they've got a great Mother's Day offer uh, that he's going to be doing with his site, with his business, with his cake. Stand by for that. And then we've got some more great draft talk with a former number 1 pick in the 2000 draft, now turned retired NFL player and college football analyst Anthony Beck of ESPN. Anthony will be here with some breakdown uh, of the NFL draft picks he likes. He was drafted by the Jets. I cannot believe this. I don't want to accept it. 20 years ago, he was drafted by the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So anyway, he'll tell some draft stories about the the day that he got drafted. In the days that Anthony got drafted, they were doing the first, the second, and the third round still on the same Saturday uh, when he got drafted back in 2000. So he'll tell that story. He's got some insight on what he likes uh, for the top of the draft besides the quarterbacks. uh, Chase Young, the defensive end of Ohio State, uh, and maybe another dark horse player or two that he likes for the first round. So Anthony Beck here talking lots of draft as Three Dog Thursday continues uh, along. So again, we 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 await everything to start up, whether that's golf, where they've announced, hey, we're going to go for it in June uh, without fans, with social distancing, practicing for our players to get back to the golf schedule. Uh, will the NBA at some point soon here start discussing playing their postseason at the minimum or maybe even resume the end of the regular season? The same thing for the NHL. They've got the end of their regular season and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Are they going to the neutral sites and biodoming and and quarantining and then going to play out uh, their postseasons? We'll see. Can we get the baseball ever started? Uh, We're going to find out. uh, That's for sure. By the way, we we come off the past weekend where the Masters would have been played. That's now delayed until November. It'll be the first time ever since the Masters of the 1930s began. It's a November date for them. going to be a little chilly in Augusta. Uh, for this, but no Masters last weekend. Of course, Tiger had the epic win a year ago after having not won a major championship for 11 years. 43 years of age, he won Augusta again, another green jacket, his fifth, um and so that that was the 1 year anniversary of that of course who can forget all the prestigious uh, exciting thrilling moments at that tournament and we didn't have it you know Jack Nicklaus in 86 or they were replaying Phil Mickelson's win in 2004 uh, Adam Scott winning his first major at the Masters in a playoff in uh, in what 2013 so some some great moments to go back. Tiger dueling Chris DeMarco, 2005. Uh, on and on with the great finishes uh, at the Masters. We've got to wait till November uh, for that. And we're also at a boxing anniversary. The time I'm taping three dog Thursday. It's the 35th anniversary of marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns in what is arguably the greatest three round fight. Ever in championship boxing, Uh, certainly as spectacular an opening round as you would ever see with two guys just beating on each other, Hagler and Hearns, 35 years ago. Uh, So, our our sister podcast, BigFightWeekend.com, that I host, we're talking about that anniversary and that fight. Go find it under Big Fight Weekend, wherever you get podcasts, go to BigFightWeekend.com and go see uh, that fight, relive it on YouTube. We wrote about it on the website, we talked about it on the podcast. I don't want to accept that that was 35 years ago, Hagler and Hearns. I remember that fight as a teenager. Epic night in Las Vegas where Marvin Hagler uh outslugged Thomas Hearns, uh, who had the lethal right hand that had felled so many previous championship opponents and contenders. Uh, he couldn't beat Sugar Ray Leonard with that right hand, but he destroyed Marvin Hagler. Uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, destroyed Roberto Duran with that right hand. Uh, But then in the end, Hagler took that right hand and got the better of Thomas Hearns and knocked him out himself uh, on a great night in Vegas. So again, BigFightWeekend.com. Go check out that site. Go check out the Big Fight Weekend podcast where we relive that fight some more. So plenty to get to on this show. It is Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, wherever you found us, through a social media link, etc. Subscribe on Google Podcasts uh Spotify etc etc wherever you get podcasts subscribe to 3 Dog Thursday uh, and the podcast comes automatically to you on Thursdays as we talk it up once the games resume we'll go hot and heavy with the spreads the underdogs including in the summer uh if need be stand by for all of the guests all of the info that is all upcoming as we rock along here on this latest edition yes let's get it kicked off i i really do appreciate sincerely this guy continuing to come on we don't have games So that's been a bit of a challenge, but there are some things, including the NFL draft coming up. He is big on UFC. He's like sending me text messages in bold, underlined with emojis, UFC, UFC, wanting to talk about that. He's Brian Edwards, back from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. Good to have you again. No, we did not get the UFC 249 card that we were talking about that was slated to come off later this week. That eventually got pushed aside but it is looming it is upcoming so we're going to discuss that we're going to discuss some college football some NFL draft uh, and more with you how are you feeling here as we have hit mid-April
2: uh, I'm feeling good TJ thanks for having me I'm feeling a lot better as it seems a lot of sports news got cranking after hours last night with the UFC PGA Tour talking about returning so I was maybe catching a little bit of a boredomness there but uh i think we've got ratcheted back i've been busy as hell all day
0: today (laughs) i i bet and and make no mistake everybody understands this i said this just before you came on Uh, the word is reasonable when it is reasonable to start resuming this stuff that's what people are going to do and testing is a big part of that you know that and the smart people in the audience here on three dog thursday know that for the pga tour Look, it seems to all of us that should be a no-brainer in terms of social distancing. You're, you're not, you know, eleven on eleven across a line of scrimmage, right, Brian? In uh, in football, you're not five on five constant contact in basketball, guarding, shooting, blocking, screening, all of that. It's different in golf. Uh, it would be the same way with racing, NASCAR, or IndyCar racing. You're on, you're in your own individual car in that instance um and and then and then we bring it to something like the ufc and why don't we begin right there so at the time that we left three dog thursday last week i kept saying what do we think about this private island in in california or wherever it's going to be and dana white trying to pull it off what essentially happened is espn told him to stand down espn disney said, listen, we can't do this just yet, maybe soon. Well, now it looks like soon is going to be what? The second Saturday in May? Tell me more about what we're hearing, and I know you're amped uh, about this fight card.
2: Yeah, May 9th. Well, Dana has put together a 12-fight card, which is the best card I've seen since UFC 200. They like to do the ones UFC 100 and 200 they were building as their best ever. And this one's got three championship bouts, Um, It's got a lot of the fights that were going to be on UFC 249, which would have been this Saturday, but they've added a couple. They've added uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Anthony Pettis, which is a rematch. Um, They have added uh, Bryce Mitchell undefeated against Charles Rosa. You've got a couple of big, you know, Greg Hardy's on a heavyweight fight, Francis Ganu and Rosenstrike, um Cejudo Cruz, Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer, and it's gonna be Ferguson Gagey. Um now where it's gonna be, um I, I don't know if the fight island is gonna be ready yet, but governor, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis added uh in a, a statement he released Monday that uh, some sporting events, including WWE, yep. are, are exceptions yep. to the essential yada yada. So Florida is a possibility. There's a lot of tribal land in Florida as well. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be Florida if the Fight Island isn't ready yet.
0: Interesting. And uh, I know this is an evolving thing. So you may be listening on Three Dog Thursday on Thursday. You may be listening later in the weekend. Uh, but there are more and more governors, uh, people that are in charge of their state, uh, local officials, et cetera, that are going to warm to the idea later in the summer. I don't know about May, but later in the summer of if you are having an event with minimal people and no fans, we're going to allow it. And in DeSantis's case, he understands, too, all of the professional teams uh, and the fact that uh, the WWE... Um, all of these different uh, outlets, they are looking for opportunity to still exist and stay in business. I mean, at the time we're talking right now, Brian, Vince McMahon, uh, the head of World Wrestling Entertainment, held held a staff conference call earlier today where he announced that a large percentage of their lower level workforce is being furloughed or or outright fired released they can't pay them and the same with a lot of second tier and lower level wrestlers he can't pay them so as much as you may think that's silly the, I mean, one thing DeSantis is saying is this is a way for them to continue to exist and have matches and have TV revenue, etc. That is what golf is trying to do. Have tournaments, have TV revenue. That is what the UFC is trying to do. Forget about the live gate and the fans. And we're eventually going to get to to uh, the NBA, the NHL resuming. Can baseball start? It's not so much. Can fans be there but can the TV revenue and the TV advertisers help sustain these guys? So that's, that's an important point on that. So back to this UFC card. I'm just curious. I'm not a huge fan. I know enough about it on the periphery to ask guys like you about it. Is he essentially combining a couple of cards here and giving you essentially, uh, you know, double impact uh, on this, on the metaphor, if you will, for UFC with this number of fights and this card?
2: Uh, yeah, well most fights are either 11 to 13 fights. This one is 12. Now, he said not every bout agreement has been signed and sealed, but uh in on SportsCenter last night with Kenny Mayne, ESPN's Brent Okamoto, their main MMA guy with Ariel Hawani, uh he was asked by Kenny, uh how comfortable are the fighters with this? Are they going to be tested, etc.? And he said he had spoken to 75 to 80% of the guys on that card and or their representatives, manager, et cetera. And he said um, that every one of them had proposed questions, whether it was to Dana or to McMaynard, the matchmaker, or, or you know whoever they were talking to. and every question they had about concerns for testing of the virus, et cetera, was answered the way they wanted it. And they said that basically each fighter w- would come in, they would have the fight. And then that guy and his small team, like a trainer and whatever, they would all be ushered out of the arena, and nobody you know, would be into the arena until the other ones are gone. And now here come the new set of fighters. Now, interesting. I'm, yeah, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that.
0: Well, and it, it's, inter- it's interesting on how the dynamic works, and I'll add to it uh, that Dr. Anthony Fauci, who we've seen so much of on TV, Uh, He has even said in in the recent day or so that sporting events can possibly resume under the type of restriction that you're talking about. If you have minimal people uh, in an an arena uh, for an event... Uh, again, ushering them in and out, testing them a week in advance, testing them uh, maybe a couple of times, a couple of weeks in advance, or as you go, then you can resume some of these leaks. So it'll be something to keep an eye on. And again, that is still, what, a month, roughly a month from when we're talking about trying to put that fight card together uh, for Dana White. And I fully believe, you know that I'm big into the boxing world as well. We're going to start seeing this with some boxing cards that are going to happen probably in June, maybe late June. It's going to resume. It's going to be on TV. Let's see what the timeline is on that. We do know this. Next week, the NFL will hold its draft, and it's going to be uh, as bizarre as anything in recent memory. Now, full full disclosure, we'll say this a few more times on interviews, on this podcast, etc. They used to hold this thing, Brian Edwards, in a smoke-filled ballroom in a New York hotel all day and all night on a monday and they had everybody crammed in there and i think half of the people uh that were in there may have come out with uh some form of lung cancer by the time it was over <laughs> that's what they used to do with this event and now in the last 40 years it's evolved into a television event it used to be at radio city music hall in new york now in the last few years it's been at different locations with tens of thousands how about nashville last year with hundreds of thousands of fans so what I'm getting at is for the public it, it did not used to always be this way. And so now we're going to go to a video conferencing electronic thing where the teams are all in their remote location on video. The commissioner reportedly in his basement at his home in New York um and and we're going to we're going to see the picks all unfold together via video via video conferencing. The draft pick will be in a separate location. We'll see him on a video conference. It's uh, it's very interesting how all of this is going to unfold here, and so we've been just kind of analyzing. Give me another, give me a quick thought here. Uh, how eagerly are you anticipating this about a week from now or or so? Because the draft is usually a huge deal, especially uh, if you're hoping your NFL team is going to get better in a hurry. Well,
2: I'm also interested to see how how pimp Roger Goodell's basement is. He's been he getting paid like $25 million a year by the NFL for a decade uh, or so. And he's in his basement. I bet his basement's going to be bigger than my house and your house and another friend of ours' houses combined.
0: Well, but with the uh, thing we joke about, you know this we're in Florida. We don't know what a basement is. If you're up north in the Northeast, in the Midwest, in Canada, they entertain in the basement all the time as like a man cave or whatever. So you're right. Um, And here's another fun one. Goodell has twin daughters that are older than my twins by about four or five years. I have twin 11 year olds and he's got to have like driving high schoolers right about now. I, I wonder how that's – going. do they have to stay away from the league conferencing Zoom? Or are they allowed to peek in and read a card? I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I, I love the video of what is it uh, – uh, um, Joe Judge, the, the Giants coach, if I get that mouthful out – He's talking about that his golden retriever has not left his side day and night uh, for this whole quarantine. Is the golden retriever going to make an appearance on the Giants video conferencing? These are the things we want to know, Brian, before this gets going. That sounds like it should be a prop prop bet. Um, All right, so – So TJ, my
2: first two, or really my only two like plays that I'm interested in. All right, so you're getting getting
0: right into the odds right now, and the odds as it relates kind of to the first round. So you've been studying this, putting some stuff up on MajorWager.com. What do you think, Brian Edwards?
2: Okay, so to go in the top 10 Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy is plus 220. I, I, I know some mocks have him you know, outside of the top 10, but it only takes one team that needs that dynamic receiver or maybe one team that would trade up to get him. I think at a plus 220 price, it's worth uh, looking at Jerry Judy uh to go in the top ten. Do you
0: do you believe this Alabama receiver, do you believe he will be the first Bama receiver taken or do you think one may go before him in a top ten scenario? Well they, they
2: say Ruggs is is a little faster, but um but the Judy is like as good a route runner. I think McShay McShea said Judy's a good a route runner as he's seen coming out of college since he's been doing this, which is what, fifteen, twenty wow. years so um yeah so I I mean I know Ruggs is right there with him though but um and then the other one is the over under for quarterbacks taken in the first round is four and a half but the over for it if there's a fifth quarterback taken is a plus uh, excuse me plus 520 payout I've heard McShay say a lot about teams falling in love with Jake Fromm because of his intelligence and all these whatever their zoom or their facetime meetings how he's just been wowing them with his knowledge of offense etc and you know from doesn't have the cannon arm that you look for in a lot of pro prospects but a lot of teams are falling in love with him now to me now are we sure jordan loves not going to fall out of the first round that would be the question i'm I don't know if Fromm, but I think Fromm's got a good chance of sneaking in the first round, and that would be a plus-520 payout. So those are my two plays. Judy, plus-220, top-10, and for Fromm and Love to both go in the first round at plus-520. I mean, plus-520 is a monster payout.
0: How about that? And so there have been occasions. I mean, what, two years ago in the draft, it was five quarterbacks in the first, like, 13 or 14 picks, right? The Sam Darnold, help me here, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield. Field. Who am I leaving out? There yeah. was one more. There were five of them. Um, so, a lot? No. yeah, yeah. A so in any, well, in any, yeah, it's a year off. It was the, it was the year before, yeah. but that's okay. It's off the top of my head. So this is, it's not unforeseen that five quarterback picks could go in a first round is my point. And look, it is a lock that Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert of Oregon are absolutely going and probably all three going in the top 10. We'll talk more about this next week. So it's just a matter of, do you think Jordan Love, the Utah State quarterback, uh, who, again, this is going to end up being important, not just his game tape, but Jordan Love was around at the Senior Bowl, and teams got to meet with him, and he performed at the Senior Bowl back in January. Is he first-round worthy? Because if he is, you've got a real chance there at, at five quarterbacks in the opening round, maybe with a Jake Fromm. We'll see. We'll see if uh, yeah. that plays out. Go ahead. Anything else?
2: Well, I was just going to say, there's been so many first round quarterbacks taken in, in in my lifetime that have just been an absolute joke. And not to pick on the Seminoles, but I, me- I remember EJ <laughs> Manuel and, and Christian Ponder being spoken of as first round draft picks. And I mean, I just almost fell to the floor laughing. I mean, so yeah, maybe I don't even know who the sixth rated quarterback is, but it could happen because teams just if they're in dire need of a quarterback. They want to go get the better one, and trade up.
0: Perfect yeah. example. The New York Giants, a year ago with the sixth pick, said, we love, Dan- to your point about you got to fall in love, only yeah. one team falls in love with you. They fell in love with Daniel Jones, and they were not going to risk that the Washington Redskins would trade up uh, with somebody else and take Daniel Jones if they didn't take him at six because the Giants had a later first-round pick in the Odell Beckham trade. So they, they went ahead at six and said, we will take the quarterback, to your point. Uh, and, that, and that's going to be the same thing with Justin Herbert, I believe. I, I think there's going to be more than one team very interested in him in, let's say, five through 10, or a team that trades up in five through 10 and says, we're not going to wait around until wherever we are, hypothetically, 13, 17. We're going to go ahead and trade up and grab him. Um and and the biggest one example of those is Patrick Mahomes uh because that's what Kansas City did back 3 years ago and, and said, "Hey, we believe in this guy. We're all the way down in the 20s in the first round, but we're going to jump up with a big trade with draft picks. We believe in this guy." And obviously it turned out to be uh, golden for them with a Super Bowl win, so teams have been looking at that and 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 are saying, "Hey, we can we can jump up and go get that star, whoever that star is. We believe in. Let's see, let's see how uh, that. I mean, I kept saying it two years ago. Uh, that's what it was. It was Lamar Jackson, also." Um, Brian, in the first round. I kept saying uh, on that night's draft coverage, doing live draft coverage on Buccaneers Radio, why are these teams passing at the end of the first round that could use Lamar Jackson to compete at quarterback or maybe their quarterback of the future? And finally, Baltimore said, this is crazy. We're taking him. And how has Lamar Jackson looked his two years in the NFL at the end of the first round? And the same thing may very, very well happen in this first round next week with a quarterback, to your point. Uh, So we'll find out. Um, All right, I want to get to a couple of college football uh, overs and unders that you have at the moment. What do you make of the conversation right now Uh, that at the time we're talking, all of the talk about empty stadiums is going around. Apparently, Vice President Mike Pence, Vice President of the country Mike Pence, had a meeting with college football powers that be, um, including uh, a couple of conference commissioners, uh, the NCAA talking about this uh, midweek. I know Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick is already on the record right now midweek saying, I don't see us, Notre Dame, playing in front of no fans which is a very interesting stance to take because you may be on the road playing games that you have no control over where there are no fans. But I guess he means in South Bend uh, that that might be the case. What do you make what do you make of this? It, yeah, guess, what do you make?
2: Well, I, I mean I guess he doesn't want the Clemson fans there as well because they're <laughs> gonna take that stadium over. That guy's a clown. He's been a clown for a long time. So sorry to interrupt. And, and by and oh. by the way,
0: if NBC <laughs> says uh, we aren't paying you your money unless you're playing, that may change the tune as well. Because keep in sure. mind it's a two way street. Yes, Notre Dame benefits from being an independent and not being in a conference but they get no conference revenue like everybody else so if they don't play football right. games big trouble big tr- no revenue sharing for them on that front but well i mean what are they going to do in california i'm not asking you to answer this for everybody but i'm just pointing this out and you can have an opinion i mean california's got numerous pac12 programs including the iconic usc Uh, You've got NFL teams, two of them, the Rams and the Chargers that are slated to go into the new stadium in L.A. San Francisco, the 49ers are the defending NFC champs, and uh, are they going to really go through a whole football season with no fans? It, It may be the way that we have to go. That may be the new normal coming up.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know if if some of this stuff is like political stuff. I have no idea if if you know this or and I don't know it is the California governor. Is he a Democrat? He's a Democrat.
0: Gavin Newsom. That is correct. I I think
2: a lot of this is posturing anti-Trump and and let's uh, I don't know that I mentioned it. The reason why UFC 249 that would have been saturday the reason why it got canceled is word leaked that it was going to be in california and so the california governor literally called the top guy at disney and got that's why ufc but the california governor got ufc 249 canceled per the reporting by the new york times and that so a lot of this may be just anti-trump oh he wants to get back the business and let's say a lot of things that are anti that
0: Yeah, well, and and it will be up to, and we should point it out again, it will be up to governors, it will be up to local officials as to what they do. Uh, But I mean, you know, again, hypothetically, what does the NFL do if if a, a state... If a market where they want to play says, we, we can't play football games, do they go and play at a neutral site for that team for their home? I mean, that's a scenario that's going to have to be discussed. Sure. And here's what we come back to it's the middle of April, much less is it June. It is not yet July or August to begin to figure all of this out. Let's see what it all looks like in two weeks. Let's see what it looks like in one month with the coronavirus uh etc cetera, etc cetera. all right one more for brian edwards majorwager.com before you have to scoot and we do as well you're still looking at those futures if when those college games are played you talked to us about boise state previously as very appetizing on a win total of nine and a half and you like the over correct for the broncos on the win total of nine and a half when we talked before right and you've got a couple of correct. other juicy ones correct
2: yeah, I, I'm a big. I think North Carolina is going to be the second best team in the ACC this year. Really, um, and they look. They had all six of their losses last year were one possession games. Three of their losses um, came by six combined points. One of them, four overtimes at Virginia Tech. Now they've got their win totals eight and a half. Um, and look, the main reason I like them so much is I love. Sam Howell. I mean, this guy was a true freshman last year, 38 to 7 TDI and T ratio, 3,641 passing yards was second in every ACC passing category only to Trevor Lawrence. And look, they were just a player three away from being a nine and three team last year. Now they do open at UCF in the stifling Heat of Orlando on September 4th. But it is Friday, so hopefully it'll be a night game. And that'll give them an extra day of rest compared to Auburn uh, when they play them in Atlanta in the the Dome the next week. But then as you look through the rest of the schedule, I mean, their toughest road games in ACC play are at Virginia uh, who lost Bryce Perkins. And that'll be early in the year for an inexperienced quarterback, October 3rd. They are at Miami, but October 24th, not as brutally hot as normal. Um, but then, I mean, their toughest road games at Boston College, new coach, I mean, that's a W. Their, their schedule in the back looks really, really easy, and I could easily see this team, even if they lose to UCF and Auburn, I could easily see this team being 9-3 and three, uh, at worst. I mean uh, – the total I, I, is what? The total
0: is seven and a half or eight and a half. What's the total? Eight and a half. I'm
2: eight sorry. And half. Eight
0: and a half. Gotcha. And
2: North Carolina's got ten starters back on that offense, along with Howell. And um, I think they're going to be very good over eight and a half. And, I like that. I'm not against
0: And you like him also as a Heisman uh dark yeah. horse for the odds, right? What kind of odds are you getting right now on Sam Howell, North Carolina? Twenty-five to one. Ooh. Twenty
2: 20- five. Yeah, so if they can beat UCF or Auburn, if they can win one of those two, um, they have a great chance to be a one- or two-loss team going into that ACC championship game with Clemson, which if they're a one- or two-loss team with the potential of beating an undefeated Clemson, they might be on the fringe of that college football race. And if they are and their quarterback's lighting it up, he could be in the in the conversation at 25-1 odds.
0: Very interesting. Uh, I know you looked at a couple of other win totals. What, what is LSU right now? No Joe Burrow. And some of those other players have obviously moved on uh, for the NFL draft coming next week. But what is their win total right now?
2: It is, it's nine shaded to the under, minus 130. and 110 for the Ooh. over. They've got the least returning starters in all of America, eight. Wow. Um, I've got them with seven wins and five swing games being versus Texas at florida versus bama at auburn and at a&m and back-to-back weeks um no opinion i think they'll probably be right at around
0: interesting and, and so also and again all this is uh you know predicated are there fans there for some of these road games in the raucous environment or at tiger stadium who knows so they don't accuse us of too much uh, southeast bias or south bias ohio state Win total, What what is that at right now for the Buckeyes who always seemingly win 9 or 10? I would have to think it's like 9 or 9.5 or something like that, right?
2: No, higher. It's the second highest only to Clemson. Ohio State is 11, shaded wow. to the over, minus 135, plus 115 for the under. You look at their schedule at Oregon and at Penn State, the toughest games, potential um, for the not to be layups at home against Michigan and Iowa. I will point out when they play at Penn State on October 24th, it'll be two road games in as many weeks as they're in East Lansing the week before, whereas the two weeks before, Penn State has an open date and then Iowa at home.
0: Well, wow, so the, the under-over, and again, this is regular season games, does not include a potential Big Ten championship game or a bowl game, but the under-over is 11 for them. That's appetizing for Three Dog Thursday purposes to take the under, I would think, right now, that that they may lose twice. Uh, It hasn't happened very often that they've lost twice in a regular season, but might be. So just something, just food for thought. Brian Edwards always working, always looking at it. Promote where they can find you online, on social media, etc. for more of this information, please, sir.
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Vegas B Edwards. Uh, I wrote up the new developments with the UFC on Major Wager. I also had two a- other ACC win totals and a piece on MajorWager.com. Uh, and you can follow the Major Wa- Wager uh, Twitter at MajorWagerUno uh, is the handle, at MajorWagerUno, w- U-N-O. Thanks as always, TJ. Stay safe, my friend. Enjoyed it.
0: Still to come, I'm talking to my buddy Monty Garside in Atlanta about a little ATL sports. The Final Four was supposed to be there uh, uh, back about a week and a half ago. Uh, The Braves season was supposed to have started. All of that is on hold uh, right now. Monty, also a huge Falcons fan with the new uniforms out. And we're going to talk about... His great online bakery. He is a tremendous cake baker. We're going to talk about ConfectionistBakeryATL.com coming up with Monty straight ahead. Anthony Beck, the former New York Jet number one pick, now turned former NFL star and now ESPN college football commentator and draft analyst. We'll talk to Anthony about the upcoming NFL draft, which will be next week. All of that still to come here on 3Dog Thursday. A reminder that we're brought to you by our friends at MyBookie.ag. Yes, Vegas is closed for the first time. The Vegas casinos are all closed because of the coronavirus outbreak. But you know what casino is open 24-7 and accessible from the comfort of your home? That's right. It's MyBookie.ag and their casino. They're even running a free $10,000 Blackjack Madness Tournament. And you can bet on the d Madness Games that they have for the Sports Gambling Podcast, the simulated NCAA tournament games, at MyBookie.ag as well. They're going to even have live lines while the games are going on. You know about MyBookie. They've got the fastest payout, the best promotions, helpful 24-7 customer service team. Join right now, and MyBookie matches your deposit halfway, up to $1,000. That means you deposit 2000 you get an extra $1,000 to play with. Use the promo code SGP and activate the offer. Again, that's SGP for the promo code. And for the d Madness, they're giving away $3,000 through the Sports Gambling Podcast show and website on the virtual NCAA tournament. The games are simulated on NBA 2K and streamed live with uh, Sean Green and Ryan Kramer providing commentary. Sean Green's going to tell you more about it later on in the show but game lines and live lines are being provided by My Bookie. You can bet this while it's ongoing. It's a 30 team tournament. Find out more sportsgamblingpodcast.com. But MyBookie.ag has all of the lines. The tip offs are Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific. Get your brackets in, make your wagers with the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. Again, it's MyBookie.ag. It's DJ Madness. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Special interview here on this edition of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Uh, And this is a longtime friend of mine, dual purpose. I get to catch up with him selfishly and talk a little sports. But at the same time, promote, help his business, and promote for you jokers that are out there, self quarantined, isolating, and you don't know what to do for Mother's Day, I am here to help uh, with my buddy Monty Garside and his online bakery store that he has in Atlanta, Georgia, ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. I'll give you that site a couple more times when we're talking. But Monty is here with me. Uh, How are you, sir? How are we holding up right now? You and I are huge sports fans. We don't have it. We got the isolation thing going you hanging in there everything good
3: everything's good everything's good i was hoping that uh this past week i would have been watching my blue devils cut down <laughs> the nets in in atlanta uh, <laughs> and uh i was robbed of that opportunity by this this blasted uh coronavirus and COVID 19 yep. and uh so we'll just have to i guess uh We'll just have to cut the nest down next year.
0: We gotta wait. <laughs> we gotta wait and see if it's yeah, back in Atlanta. I, I don't know. I was coming to Atlanta for all of our coverage on TuneIn and with this podcast, et cetera. And I don't know who was gonna buy who dinner. I don't know who was up next. If you were buying me dinner, if I was buying you dinner. Uh it's we certainly
3: probably had to had to have some sort of gentleman's wager about <laughs> who else was gonna be up on the floor <laughs> other than Duke. And then the closer of the two would have been would have had to spring for this. i think right. that's probably the but, best way the but the other thing
0: is if duke had been in the championship game you'd have been buying probably that weekend because you would have been happy if that was the case i in a good gun. enough mood yeah because yeah, <laughs> they were they were almost there in minnesota and you were angling to be back in minnesota with because i should tell the audience on three dog thursday that the last time the final four before last year had been in minneapolis duke defeated arizona in the championship game and you monty were my roommate uh, for yes. that that weekend. I got I got you a room, you had a ticket. Uh, I was there on the media badge, you were there on a ticket, and we watched the Blue Devils beat Arizona. That was what? Uh Jay Williams, Carlos Boozer, Carlos help Boozer, me, Michael Dunleavy. Dunleavy. Yeah, who would you, else? Would you like this would you like the starting five? Give me I the rest. Give me the
3: rest. Who were the others? Yeah, we, we had we had Chris Duhan at the point, Jay right. Dub, Jay Williams on the at two. We had uh Mike Dunleavy at the three uh or no mike didn't live at the four we had nate james at the three and uh carlos boozer at center how about that Tampa zone casey sanders back up. i remember the
0: center. casey, centers, casey who, Sanders, casey sanders back up center. admirably
3: for, yeah. for boozer when he broke his foot at the end of the regular season so how
0: about that yeah the memory and what was That's that arizona I, I, was what lauren woods uh well, and you were joking with me who else that you were hearing about recently that was, was on that arizona richard, team
3: richard jefferson i think ran the three for them gilbert arenas was the two uh, i forget the uh <laughs> jason uh, for, jason gardner
0: I think jason was terry oh. was it. jason terry no no, no, then? No, no no it wasn't jason terry it okay. wasn't
3: jason terry it was jason gardner is a little short guy okay um uh jason gardner i think was his name wow uh, he was the point guard uh lauren woods uh then they remember the um uh, Luke Walton was on that team. How about that? And, and, uh, the guy, I forget his name, but remember he had the big, huge afro and pulled the socks up. I can't remember his name.
0: Was that? Was, uh, was it Channing? Something like that? Chan- uh, no, I, I don't remember uh, who it was, but yeah, I know who you're talking about, but now we're going on the way back to 2001. I, I just yeah. know this. That's the last time that Arizona has been in a Final Four, was 01 Minneapolis. Yeah. That is, it is. that yep. is 19 years and counting. That's the last time that a team, um, uh, that a Lute Olsen-led team that year got into the Final Four in Arizona. And they, they had been there a bunch in the 90s wow. yeah. and had won the title in 97, but they haven't been there in 19 years now, going back to that yeah. Final Four. That's incredible. That we, uh, we remember this. Uh, so I'm disappointed that we don't have that. Uh, the baseball season on hold, I know there was a lot of anticipation in Atlanta about the Braves, and that's all on hold, yeah. and we don't know what they're doing at the time we're taping this. The Falcons, right. your, your Falcons in the NFC South with my, with my Buccaneers, have released new uniforms. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the Falcons uh, 2020 uni reveal that they did earlier here in April? So
3: I am mostly thumbs up. Uh, The only one that I'm kind of not really feeling is the all-white one. It just looks kind of funny. It doesn't look imposing at all. So uh, that's been pretty much the consensus here is that people pretty much like them, but the all-white ones are not... Are not fan favorites right now. Maybe when I see them live, I'll feel differently. See, I but still, I,
0: I still love the '70s and '80s. Steve Bartkowski, William Andrews, Fulton Kichenall, Falcons, red jersey, red <laughs> helmet, gray pants. But they didn't pay tribute to that on these uh, on these unis here with Matt Ryan and and now Todd Gurley I, is a free agent. They didn't do that.
3: I'm I'm okay with that. I, I they went back to the old. Uh, Deion, Andre, Rising, Black Jersey, Gray Pants. I, I, I kind of like that as the throwback. That's, that's a, a, a happier time in our franchise, anyway. So I, I say we go. We leave the. We got a lot of nostalgia for Billy White shoes, Johnson, and Gerald Riggs, and those guys. Steve Barkowski, but we didn't win a lot of games in those red jerseys. So I'm saying keep the red jerseys in the, in the, uh, the whatever wherever they are in the. Clicking moths right. balls in, the, in the
0: in the archive in the Falcons Hall of Fame. I love Billy White Shoes Johnson with the with the knee oh, quake, yeah. the earthquake, oh, yeah. touchdown oh, yeah. dance, uh in the red with the gray and the red helmet. So reminiscing yeah, reminiscing is fun, but let me tell you for the audience here, I got dual purpose again, not just counting catching up with Monty to reminisce and have some fun but you've got your own online bakery and you were telling me before we hit the record button you were actually very busy around Easter weekend this past yes. weekend with confectionistbakeryatl.com making cakes uh and, and even making uh some little desserts and some treats and shipping them everywhere tell tell the audience yeah. a little bit more about what you got going
3: sure sure so uh confectionist bakery uh is a is a a, a delivery cake, a, deliver, a, a dessert delivery and catering service here in the Atlanta metro area. I started it five years ago, going into my sixth year now, really as an homage to my late grandmother, who was the greatest baker who ever lived. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you, you, I think you had the pleasure of meeting her yes. uh, some years ago. I don't know if you ever had the pleasure of having any of her cake, but uh, I'm still chasing her in that regard um but i started as an homage to her um she actually as a funny little story i asked her to show me how to bake uh, a pound cake back when i was in college and she her exact words to me were as long as you have me you don't need to know how to make it (laughs) and so that pretty much shut down (laughs) the conversation so Uh, interestingly, uh, over the years, I just learned how to do it. Um, I did that with a lot of the food she made. I was able to somehow reverse engineer um, a lot of her (laughs) dishes that she made. And uh, I did not reverse engineer cake, but I I scoured, uh, asked people in my family, scoured recipes on the internet and started finding out how to do it. And then once I figured out how to do it, I just kind of took off and ran with it. So, um, the one thing I will say, I, I probably make more kinds of cake than she ever did. Um, but, uh, she still makes the best cakes I've ever had. Well, and, um, and, I and, and,
0: and that's saying something because your pound cake is outstanding. I've had that. You made it for me. I've even ordered it, uh, before he's got all kinds of pound cakes. Folks go to confectionistbakeryatl.com. Uh, a seven up pound cake, a chocolate chip pound cake. A cream cheese pound cake, a sour cream pound cake, and on and on and on uh, for the pound cakes, so that you've got a wide selection. and yes. and and uh, I still remember from my father's birthday we ordered a pecan pie cake. Yes, a pecan yes. pound cake, essentially uh, that you made. So the cakes are the specialty. And even the cake bonds, tell them about cake bonds, B-O-N-S, cake bonds, what they are and why they are so good.
3: Sure. So our cake bonds are, uh, they came about because, um, you know, obviously when you make cake, cake is, it's, it's hearty and filling. And a lot of people were saying, oh man, your cakes are delicious, but I could never eat that much cake at one time. So I said, okay, we'll have to come up with something that's a little bit smaller that people can enjoy and smaller. A bounce so i came up with this idea to do cake bonds um it's essentially if you know what a cake pop is it's a you know piece of cake with a stick in it and you dip it in some oh, candy shell oh right so i uh either being in either really really industrious or really really lazy it's one or the other i can't figure out which decided that i didn't want to go through the process of sticking a stick in it. So I said, you know what? I'll make them like they chocolate candy box. So they are literally chocolate or they're cake truffles that are dipped in either white chocolate or dark chocolate. <laughs> and, uh, they're put in the little candy shell and then they even come in like a gold candy box with a little red ribbon on it. Oh. And- they make perfect, really great
0: Perfect and for here. Mother's Day is what we're <laughs> getting for at. for Mother's Day, yeah. yes. So, so here's the deal. The cake bonds come in four different flavors. You can order individually a dozen of ivory chocolate, the southern red velvet. And I've had the red velvet cake in the Garside household from Monty or from his mother. Uh, my mother-in-law makes a mean red velvet cake, too. But they've got red velvet, southern red velvet cake bonds, triple chocolate or white chocolate. So get any of these individually for a dozen or they can get assorted where they get three of each in the dozen out of all four flavors with the cake bonds. We highly recommend, and this is great for you to send anywhere uh, in the continental U.S. here for Mother's Day at ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. They can get in there and easily navigate the recipe uh, or the uh, the different selections, the different variety of flavors of cakes, the cake bonds, and then go to the online store and order, right? It's very simple for them to do.
3: Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, you'll just enter all your information and... and uh Um, if you're, if they're a gift for someone, you can leave, uh, delivery info, shipping info and all that, uh, as you, before you check out. So it's a fairly easy process.
0: And we're going to make them an offer here as part of this three dog Thursday podcast, uh, and that is, if they order now, they've got to act before the second week in May because you've got to have time to make it and be able to ship it. If you want to act, uh, we've got what, what do you want to give them? You want to give them a, a discount? Here we want to give yeah, them a little we'll promo them, code? What do we want to do? Yeah,
3: we'll give them 15 percent off. Uh, we'll give them 15 percent off their entire order with the uh, promo code. It's real simple mom. Wow. M-O-
0: wow, we thought yeah. long and hard about coming up with something long and clever and instead we decided the old dumb it down, keep it simple, M O M for the M-O-M. coupon code for the coupon or promo code. So insert mom whenever you're asked for it on the coupon code and take 15% off and that's off your entire order, right? No matter what you're oh, ordering entirely. and how much you're ordering, right? Correct. Correct.
3: All right. And uh, I wanted to, I wanted to make one little correction. We we ship anywhere in the U.S. and U.S. territories. So uh, <laughs> if you've got folks in Puerto Rico, Saint Cro- I listen, I have a a a, a, a good customer and friend, uh, Dr. Keisha Christian, down in Saint Croix, who has uh, who owns the uh, the neighborhood pharmacy down there. Oh. The neighborhood pharmacy, and she orders cake for her family and her employees for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. So, I', I ship it. literally hundreds of dollars worth of cake for Thanksgiving and Christmas down to St. <laughs> Croix every year. I've uh, shipped you know, out to Vegas. I've shipped to
0: will it get uh, to California, Hawaii? Florida. Will it get to Hawaii? It will get to will, Hawaii if they're hearing us? Yes, we might need an it extra will day. Get to Hawaii,
3: but it, it will get to Alaska <laughs> and we will need an extra day. That's the exact <laughs> yeah. so so I'll say this about shipping. All right. For those of you who don't know, Mother's Day, Uh, I I think it continues to be the busiest day in the uh, postal calendar for the US Postal Service. So, um, everything that normally would take two days or normally take three days, you can add an extra day because of the volume. So, uh, Mother's Day being May 10th this year, Sunday, May 10th, means that we're going to have to get your order in the mail by Wednesday, the 5th, so that it gets there on saturday the 9th
0: yep so again get the orders in on monday the 4th maybe tuesday the 5th at the latest
3: monday the 4th 4th. get your order in tomorrow if you'd like (laughs) Uh, and just let us know that it's for mother's day and we will wait and ship it on the day that it's supposed to be shipped but uh yeah you don't have to wait that long uh but if you need to we definitely need to have your order in by monday the 4th so that we can Make sure it gets shipped out on time.
0: I love this. Confectionist Bakery ATL. That's all one thing. He's the Confectionist Baker. C O N F E C T I O N I S T B A K E R Y ATL. ConfectionistBakery.com. Check out these cakes. Check out the cake bonds. We've got a special Mother's Day offer 15% off. Use the promo or coupon code when it asks for it when you're making your online order MOM, M-O-M, for Mother's Day. And you're going to get them a great order, a pound cake, the cake bonds. Go in there, order up, and enjoy with the desserts. Listen, it has been a treat, pun intended, to get to hang out with you on this conversation. Good luck baking cakes. I hope we make you very busy over the next two or three weeks, Monty Garcide.
3: I, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. (laughs)
0: So for all the audience out there, again, Confectionist Bakery ATL. Put the ATL for Atlanta, ConfectionistBakeryATL.com for Mother's Day. Get her a great cake. Monty, thank you, brother. Thank you. Always a pleasure talking to you, buddy. We do roll on, and the upcoming 2020 NFL Draft will be next week. Again, odd video conferencing not uh, not at a location with tens of thousands of fans like we've seen before. But as I joked with Brian Edwards in the last segment on Three Dog Thursday, it used to be in a smoke-filled ballroom in a New York hotel at one point. So it's it is it morphed into a gargantuan media event. Now it's going to go back to an unusual technology event online and on TV. And to help me sort it out, a former number 1 pick in the NFL Draft, now an analyst with ESPN, also does a a bunch of stuff with the New York Jets, Uh, my former colleague as well with Buccaneers Radio, a former Buccaneer alumni player. Did I get enough of the qualifications out for Anthony Beck? Good to have you (laughs) back on. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, TJ. You know, interesting times uh, that we're in, but uh, definitely gives me some time to kind of reflect on, uh, you know, the the upcoming draft and all the fun things that uh, are coming up here shortly, and of course, hanging around with my family and spending some time.
0: Yeah, so this is, uh, it's definitely going to be different, as I was alluding to, but it's also interesting, Anthony, that we did have a Senior Bowl, we did have a Scouting Combine. I I, I believe a lot yeah. of this individual workout stuff is overrated. Uh, go back and look at the game tape. You and I talk about that all the time to see how a guy performs on the field in live competition. They can do the interview process via video conferencing. So while it's different, a lot of the work was already done and a lot of the film study can already take place, right?
1: You're right. You know, I think the medical is probably the big gray area for a lot of the teams, obviously, trying to see the health of some of these players that are recuperating from injury. Uh, I think it's actually a better deal and puts a little more emphasis on the film of the player. Now, uh, pro days for guys that didn't get an all-star game, that maybe didn't get uh, a combine invite, and maybe they were going to go to it at their individual school or go to a bigger university and try to catch the eyes of a scout or a personnel person within the organization, that obviously – can add up to being an issue for a player as well but you know look that's why there's regional scouts that's why there's area scouts finding these players and really watch what honestly 95 85 percent of what you're drafting a guy off of is the film so maybe this actually helps teams to maybe not get weighed by certain uh shorts workout or visual that they see that really may have nothing to do with the actual player on the field
0: that's a good point that you make there on that i want to get to anthony's draft story as well i always love him telling it in all the times that I've gotten to interview him in and around drafts uh, in the past. I can't believe you got drafted 20 years ago, by the way. That makes me feel old Uh, (laughs) on that that front. Um, Okay, so we've talked so much about the quarterbacks. We we know as it stands right now, subject to change, and, and you may know about a trade if you're listening to this show, this podcast, You may know about a trade that we don't know about, but right now Washington's slated to pick at two, Detroit at three. We believe Cincinnati will take Joe Burrow, Ohio native Heisman Trophy winner and quarterback. And so that leaves two and three as an interesting destination, maybe for the Ohio State defensive end, Chase Young, Do you believe he's going to last beyond, let's say, the third pick? I can't see that. Is he a fit in Washington, where Ron Rivera is now? Is he a fit in Detroit, where Matt Patricia is a defensive guy as the head coach? Assess that for me at the top of the draft, if you would.
1: Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I mean, unfortunately, and I say that with big quotations, Joe Barrow has to go to Cincinnati. Uh, You know, I think it's just a tough deal for him, a guy that, had so much success in the organization that's just been kind of at the bottom of the barrel for so long and needs so much help. Uh, You know, people would say it'd be crazy to trade that pick away to get more players. But honestly, this team needs a lot of help, but it looks like right now they're spending their time and they're going to take him, you know, look, Ram I think if you look at him over the course of time, you know, when you're talking about building uh, a caliber team that can reach the playoffs, he's always leaned on defense, a defensive guy. You know, you look at Julius Peppers in the past, uh, and when he was there, at Carolina a guy that was an impact player could make those one or two plays of games that could really change the difference and complexity of the game. That's probably Chase Young. And, you know, Chase Young, in my opinion, isn't quite a player Bosa is uh, Nick and Joey. But, you know, he brings a, a superior pass rush. Uh, is he an every down guy? Can he stop the run? Can he play those kind of downs? Those will be the big things uh that 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 are kind of maybe a little bit of a question mark because he's not a physical player he looks the part to play uh, an offensive tackle so i think washington will go there I, there could be some movement as far as the other two quarterbacks are concerned you have uh the chargers you have the dolphins are they in play where they really love a guy that they feel like they have to make a move or they feel comfortable i think it plays out where uh you know the probably biggest question mark is with the dolphins Where is Tua? which was been said throughout the, the regular season until he got hurt, that he was the, the pick that they were going to take. Is he now the guy with the injuries and the, and the question marks and not being able to have the visits and see where he is medically? Is that maybe a concern now for, for the Dolphins? And maybe they go with a healthier possibly Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon at that position. That's where I think the draft gets interesting uh, as far as taking those the, the next quarterback per se. In the draft,
0: I will be on the record numerous times over the next few days before it's happening and on draft night while it's going on. Taking Justin Herbert before Tua Tonga Vailoa is idiotic. Idiotic if that happens. But then again, it is the draft. And while things have happened in the past, where you look at, uh, hey, look at a at a draft. I believe this is the draft that uh, that you were in. Either ninety nine I think it was ninety nine, where Tim, what Tim Couch and Akili Smith went before Donovan McNabb in that draft. <laughs> it happens. So let's uh, let's see how it uh, begins to to play. All right. So that's a perfect segue to your draft story. You were an All Big East tight end, uh, honorable mention All American tight end at West Virginia. And as it turns out, you were drafted in the opening round by the Jets and by Bill Parcells. But you have a fun – well, it's a fun story now to look back and laugh. But you had a nerve-wracking Saturday afternoon, right, with with friends and family around on your draft story, Anthony Beck.
1: It was. You know, I, we had a pretty good sense that, you know, we were going into the first round heading into draft. Uh, you know, We had about 60, 70 family, friends. At our house, we had a tent set up in the yard. My mom and dad brought out the big box uh, TV screen, and we had a little table set up with a hardwired telephone uh, out to the backyard. We're having a good time. Uh, clearly, the Jets were in a, a high interest for with those four first-round picks, uh, but also Green Bay at uh, fourteen was was supposedly told to us that they were going to take a tight end. And at that time, myself, type top top-rated tight end uh, during that. Uh, that draft in 2000. And, uh, you know, having previous conversations with the Jets and Bill Parcells, he said, listen, uh, you know, we're taking a tight end. We have you weighted ahead of Bubba Franks. We're going to take you with one of those picks. Preferably it's going to be that, that third of four picks in that area. So as the draft went on and it was slightly longer pick to pick than it is today, that first round was kind of a long drawn out deal. John Abraham, Sean Ellis gets picked um, and then also Bubba Franks gets picked at 14. So here I am, uh, pick 17 comes up for the Jets, the third of the first uh, of the four first-round picks that they had, first time ever done in, in NFL history with the draft. And uh, there was one caveat that was kind of unfolding was uh, Chad Pennington, who was supposed to previously go to either the Steelers or the 49ers earlier in that draft in the top 13, he was not taken, so he continued to fall down, and here's the Jets where they weren't necessarily looking to draft a quarterback because Chad was the highest-rated one and really the only one where they thought he was going to get taken earlier. Now he becomes available. Vinny Testaverde, who is you know in his late 30s at this time, you know now they feel like, well, heck, we can get a quarterback with one of these picks and kind of elevate our depth at that position, and lo and behold, when that pick comes up, they take Chad Pennington. So clearly – that last pick at 27 for them That's as we get down to that pick a lot of talk a lot of whispers everybody's singing, here comes this is going to be the pick my family my friends everybody's kind of talking I can hear them as I'm watching Boo come and kind of run off these picks up to that 27th pick normally the what happens is the draft the draftee or whoever the team drafts gets calls the phone rings people You start getting activity. My phone is dead. Nothing's ringing. You don't hear anything. (laughs) And I'm kind of getting stressed out at this point. And I can feel kind of the aura of the crowd, my family and friends, feeling the same way. Because, you know, this was kind of the topic of conversation throughout the day was the Jets were taking me. And there was no really plan B as far as what we were thinking, where else we could go. So, uh, you know, Tagalogu comes up. I'm watching on TV. I get no call. And here I'm uh, falling into deep depression thinking, okay, I'm not going to the Jets. And I'm scrambling, looking at the next five, six, seven, eight, nine picks, thinking, who did I speak to of these teams? Where could I land? It's not going to happen. And when he steps up to the stage, obviously he and Anthony Beck, West Virginia tight end. It was an, a huge eruption. All of us, no one, none of us had a clue what was happening. We didn't get any pre-calls before the, before the pick. And it was really one of the you know, funnest fun things i've done in my in my career just because we we're i was able to share that with my family and friends at the same time not knowing i was going to get picked at that spot uh, and then of course the phone rings i get the call my agent bill parcells Gro, the head coach they're all like you know what did you think of that And i was like oh, you know i would have preferred to call but it was it was fun <laughs> in the moment so
0: definitely a unique experience what, what do i think of you giving me a heart attack yeah uh I- exactly uh and that is that is a wild time because uh you're intertwined as well with the bucks still live in the tampa bay area where i do this show and the bucks traded i think both of their number one picks for Keyshawn johnson right and that was two of the picks to the jets it was at least one of the picks to the jets out of those four uh that that came yep. up uh intertwined in and around there and you're right i mean those Those drafts in the 90s were painful, Anthony, on 15, 18 minutes in between picks. So when you were talking about five or six picks, five or six draft picks would represent about two and a half hours that you would have to wait. It's not the same as how they speed it along at least uh, a little bit, so... Uh, a great draft story there on that. And we hear all kinds of draft stories about people that have the—they don't have the phone on, or it's the wrong number, and people are trying to track exactly. them down. In your case, they had the right number, they were just pulling a prank on you, and not calling you. So... Uh, an interesting. Yeah, I mean, story. do
1: you remember that ever happening? I don't recall another player having to experience that. So it was kind of <laughs> unique at that moment.
0: <laughs> I do. I do remember this story from Eric Rett, who, you know, who's a former Buccaneer running back, former Florida Gator, uh, you know, runner up all American, all SEC running back. And Eric Rett was so angry that he had not been taken. And this this was the same as, as your era where the first, the second, and the third round were on the same day. Rhett was so angry that he had not been taken in the first round that he left his house. And he took a walk, and they had no cell phone with him. And so he missed the phone call, and he missed getting picked. He came back maybe 30 minutes or 45 minutes after being picked, and the Bucs are like, is everything okay? Rich McKay's on the phone. Sam Weich is on the phone. And Eric Eric Rett's like, yeah, I'm excited to be in the NFL, but I was so mad. He missed the phone call entirely on that story. So it do, I guess it does happen uh, every once in a while differently. There's no doubt. <laughs> um, Anthony Beck is with me. Anthony underscore Beck on Twitter, on social media. Love his insight. You see him on ESPN's coverage of college football and in and around a bunch of New York Jets coverage in the preseason and when the regular season starts up. All right, so that's a great segue. The Jets currently sitting at 11 have the quarterback of the future in Sam Darnold. They've made some moves uh here in the offseason to get some players what is your thinking what maybe maybe two prong what is your thinking on what they might do and then what are you hearing on what they might be looking at should they hang around there at 11
1: yeah well you know the new general manager joe douglas uh, after year 1 uh, you know he's a big build it from the inside out offensive line guy went out and got several offensive linemen in free agency loaded up and tried to stock up as best he could now i think it's time that they're going to go get themselves one of those t- four tackles i think we've all been talking about thomas uh, uh jedrick uh, jedrick wills uh, tristan worse or Mackay beckton those are the four guys i think that if they fall anywhere in that area and they're available and hopefully one will be uh that that's where the jets will land there's also some talk that uh, obviously that could be a position where you get uh one of the elite receivers because uh, that's kind of the area where you're probably going to start seeing one of three of those guys go and you know, we all know Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy, the Ruggs and Rugs from Alabama, and, of course, C.D. Lamb. So those are the two positions. I honestly believe it's going to be a tackle. Um, you know, I, it's very possible, though, and, and this is where it changes things, is that those four tackles I just mentioned are already off the board, and I can count at least five of the first 11 teams that actually do and would need tackles, and I think all those guys fall into the level of plug-and-play, start-now, long-term situations uh, wherever they go. So I think mm. these guys go, how does that jump you into plan B? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you may have an option of two guys uh, of those four, uh, or maybe just the one that falls to you, and I think whatever one or who's there uh, you know, would be great. Now, who do I pick who I think, if he's available at that moment? I think Tristan Worst means the best guy all around. I think he's going to go much earlier. I think he can go as high as four to the Giants. The guy that I think falls in that world that might be there uh, is Makai Beckton. Uh, one of the biggest tackles, probably entered the draft in a long time, but yet doesn't have any flaws as far as pass protection and run blocking. Nasty player, hard work ethic. Everything I've talked uh, to coaches, Coach Satterfield, Stu Holtz, friends of mine that are on the staff, I got the real input on this kid, and they say he's the real deal. And uh, he's a game changer. And look, let's think about this, TJ, size, girth, length. He really can take up more than one seat, but it's just his presence alone. An offensive lineman that's poor as they've been throughout the NFL, he would be a guy that I think a lot of teams would like, in particular the Jets.
0: This is why we love the insight of Anthony Beck. One more here on the draft that is upcoming next Thursday night. Looking forward to that on the 23rd for the opening round. Again, it'll be odd with the video conferencing, et cetera. You've done a lot of college football over the last couple of years on TV for ESPN. Give me a name that we do not, uh, we're not talking about that person enough, but you believe first-round material, maybe even high first-round pick, uh, besides who we've just been going over give me a name somebody that we should watch out for next thursday night
1: yeah you know i don't know if he's going to go high in the first round i mean i think clearly everybody kind of gets a gist of who those may be but a guy that i think is gaining momentum uh outside of the three elite receivers that everybody's been talking about you know i think that mims uh out of uh baylor the uh receiver there that started under uh matt rule has a real chance to really elevate himself. Size, number one, he's big, he's physical, he's got uh, tremendous speed, he's excellent uh, in the red zone. He's a player to me when you're talking about the total package and what he's actually done and grown uh, over the over the last uh, two seasons under Matt Rule and what he's brought to the table in Big 12 play. I think he's a guy to me that really is starting to slide up uh, the boards a little bit and really starting to gain uh, momentum. So Denzel Mims, you know, six three, two fifteen, uh, you know, sub four four five guy, uh, just uh, to me great hands, playmaker can take a slant eighty yards and can really hurt you in the fade game and the and the and the uh the tight slant game in the red zone. To me, I think he's a player that's uh you know he's gonna get taken off the board in the first round and could screw a top twenty pick.
0: How about that? All right, and I'm still looking at those receivers. It's a deep position for sure, and Michael Pittman Jr. is sitting there from USC. How old are we getting that you played with Michael Pittman Sr., <laughs> and Michael Pittman Jr. may get picked early on in this NFL draft, Anthony Beck? I mean, what? Yeah, it, uh, it wow. is amazing.
1: What a tremendous career he's had. He's got another brother at Oregon who's really playing well. Uh, you know, he's getting he obviously gets his uh, his height from his mom because, uh, you know, we all know that Michael
3: Pittman who
1: I played with, wasn't the tallest guy. He was big in the arms, so probably the biggest gun we've <laughs> ever been around from a football player's standpoint. The guy had huge biceps. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, th- this kid is a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he feels like he's getting the respect that he deserves, especially, like you said, with a heavy – wide receiver class that's out there and i don't know if he creeps into the first round but i think you know anybody that gets him in, in the second early a bit of a bite on him
0: all right we'll see how it plays out there we'll watch how it all plays out again i love this guy's insight i know you're doing some different interviews not just with me but with others new york jets podcast etc cetera, etc cetera. uh we see you on espn we're all hanging in there with the social distancing the isolation it will be odd for the draft uh, but we're watching it. We're covering it. We'll see how it all goes. Anthony, I always enjoy your insight, your draft stories, and much more. Thank you for popping on here with me on the Three cool. Dog Thursday podcast, sir.
1: Anytime, TJ. Thanks for having me. Be safe and uh, have a great time at the draft.
0: And there we go. That will do it. Uh, my thanks there again to Anthony Beck at Anthony underscore Beck for uh, jumping on here to talk NFL draft, which will be next week. What will happen near the top of that draft? What's gonna, how it's, how is it, how's it all gonna shake down? We're gonna find out. Uh, as everything unfolds here. Trades being made at the top of the draft, etc., etc. Will Cincinnati keep the pick? Most likely, yes. What does Washington do at number 2? Do they make a trade? Does Detroit make a trade? Who wants to move up to get Tua? Who wants to move up to get Chase Young, the defensive end of Ohio State? Etc., etc. All of that upcoming. My thanks also to Monty Garside. The site, again, is ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. Find it as well on social media, on Facebook, Confectionist Bakery, and then The ATL for Atlanta. The great cakes and the Mother's Day offer is Mom for 15% off your order. Save, uh, depending on how much you order, you might save $20, $15, 20 $25 off these cakes and the shipping with that promo code MOM. Go ahead and order now for Mother's Day. The la- the deadline is basically Monday, May the 4th to get the cakes shipped or the neat gifts for Mom. We're all isolating, we're all social distancing. Get a great gift from Mom and ship it to her wherever she is with Confectionist Bakery ATL.com. And my thanks also to Brian Edwards, all the way back at the beginning of the podcast, from Vegas Insider and Major Way. Wait- Major.com with the insight on the draft, the college football unders and overs, the UFC and much more. Follow him at Vegas B Edwards on social media. Vegas B Edwards on Twitter. MajorWager.com. MajorWagerUno on Twitter with great information that he's got going out right now about upcoming futures bets on the NFL draft, on the college football season. Check him out. MajorWager.com and Brian Edwards. That'll do it. I'm merely TJ Reeves. We thank you for being with us. We thank our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast as well. They've got the D-Gen Madness Elite Eight going this weekend and the Final Four and the championship on the simulated college basketball game over at Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That great college basketball simulation is ongoing with Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dan, and those guys. We love being part of the Sports Gambling Podcast network, so again, check out D-Gen Madness rolling all this weekend with the live computer simulated games, and they're doing the commentary and the whole business as it plays out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, whenever you're hearing us on 3-Dog Thursday. That'll do it for us uh, here as part of 3-Dog Thursday. Follow us at 3-Dog Thursday on Twitter. We thank you for finding us here as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows on their network feed. Again, subscribe via 3-Dog Thursday on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, on Spotify. We're done for now on the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to the underdogs. It is... Three Dog Thursday. Bye.